Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. We are so grateful for our partnership with General Mills and the amazing support they have shown us over the years, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Last year, General Mills donated over $2 million to support our relief and recovery efforts. We're so appreciative of the strong partnership we've had since 2016 and for their continued support. Chefs in the restaurant industry are central to Share Our Strength's mission, and the pandemic hit them hard and incredibly fast. In 2020, the restaurant industry had an estimated $240 billion in lost revenue, and more than 2.5 million restaurant workers lost their jobs. 100,000 restaurants closed temporarily or permanently, but today, restaurants are once again opening their doors to guests. This great reopening is fueled by the passing of the $28.6 billion Restaurant Revitalization Fund by Congress and a vaccination rate of nearly 50% among Americans 12 and over. But what does reopening look like for the industry? And how has COVID permanently changed the industry? Over the next few weeks, we're revisiting a series of conversations that we had with chefs in the early disorienting days of the pandemic. In these inspiring conversations, we hear the resilience of an industry built on service and a shared question, how can I be of service to those in need? We'll take a look back at how the pandemic affected these chefs professionally and personally, and we'll share their inspiring stories of how they found new ways to share their strength with others. Today, we return to a conversation we had with Eric Bruner Yang, the chef behind several Washington DC restaurants, including Maketo and ABC Pony, and the owner of the restaurant group Foreign National. When we connected in May 2020, Bruner Yang was managing dramatic overnight changes to his business, but he also had a 10-week-old baby, his third, with his wife, Seda Knack. For Bruner Yang and for so many, the pandemic was an emotional challenge, but it also offered him a chance to reconnect with his purpose. I think there's been a lot of habit changes in just people around the world, and it's a terrible situation, but it's given everybody an opportunity to pause and reflect on how they've lived their life, um, what they're doing, what they what they think their life will be like moving forward, and take care better care of themselves and take better care of others. And I think this opportunity has forced people to do that. And if they don't take this opportunity to do that, I think that they're kind of missing maybe some of the point of all of it, right? And so the question is whether we can learn from it in more than just a passing way, but in a way that really changes our, our behaviors, you know, profoundly and to some degree permanently. Eric, tell me how many restaurants you've got, how many employees you had, how many you have now, how you've handled that part of it before we get into what you're doing now with Power of Ten. Um, I wear two hats. So I'm a small business owner and uh, owner of four restaurants, um, Maketo, ABC Pony, Spoken English, and Brothers and Sisters. Uh, two of my restaurants are closed indefinitely, which is Brothers and Sisters and Spoken English. And two, uh, ABC Pony and Maketo are still open for takeout and delivery. Um, our company, Foreign National, uh, which is the name of our restaurant group, we had about 225 employees. We're down to our last 30. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm also the executive chef of the regional pizza brand and pizza. And um, a lot of the inspiration for the work I've done for my own small business was working for a company that put community over profit um, and really 
um, was agile in launching their Hero Pie promotion, which has really helped our business. One, it's helping others um, by giving free pizzas to medical workers in the region indefinitely. So it just started when the way Hero Pie for M Pizza just started, they just did it. They just said, if you're a medical worker, you can have free pizza. Just um, text us a picture of your work ID badge. We have this great kind of texting relationship with our um, customers and employees um, where you could literally text the number 200-03 all day long if you wanted to. And there's someone that will talk to you. Doesn't even wow. have to be about pizza. And so that's just kind of been one of our fun and pizza things. And it's really been mobilized now to do good. Yeah, if you're a medical worker, you just text a picture about your ID to that number. They'll send you a promo code and you can do it every day and get your pizzas. I think we just hit the 25,000 pizza mark. Um, I was going to ask you how many folks have taken you up on that. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, and that's just 25,000 pizzas that have made it through the promo code. There's been large, large bulk deliveries, et cetera, et cetera. And then so then they kind of changed that into two campaigns that and then the you can buy one pie for yourself and another pie will get donated. That helps us sustain it financially and then corporate sponsorships. So, you know, that was work that I was doing for someone that I worked for and really was kind of looking into I had a few group of employees left. It was important for us to try to keep these restaurants going, uh, especially Maketo, which is a which is a centerpiece of our neighborhood here on H Street just waking up every day and putting our lives on danger just to try to save my business didn't really feel great, but it felt like, you know, still something you needed to do. So we really wanted to make sure that we had something that we could all rally around and wake up every morning um, and feel like, okay, we can make a difference and we can help others and leverage our resources that we have to, you know, just try to keep our communities intact. And your employees um, who had to, were they furloughed? Were they laid off? Or you do you think, uh, will, or, or, or did most of them go to unemployment benefits? What's the impact been on them? Yeah, you know, I think that what you're going to see moving forward is a lot more restaurants are going to be more prepared to make sure that we create our own social safety nets. Hmm. Now, I don't think any of us ever imagined that we would have to lay off 90% or more of our staff all on one day which is essentially what, and it is what we did. We laid everybody off and it was awful and painful. And to be fit, you know, to be a little bit hard on myself, it was like just this, a bit of disbelief. All my restaurants have an Asian, are Asian inspired. You know, I'm Asian American and we, we always say we cook American food, but we cook American food in a different cultural context of like, to me, what American food is now. But in the end of the day, we, we you know, we focus on Asian flavors and, we were definitely feeling the financial strain of COVID weeks before the restaurants were shut down. We were uh, week on week, you know, down 15, 20, 25%. Um, and that's really just because of what the general, you know, the general politicalization of the origins of COVID and how people were perceiving Asian food in relationship up to the shutdown. Just people just stopped going to Asian restaurants, whether or not they, felt a way or not about it but subconsciously they just stopped eating asian food and so up until that point we were already losing and bleeding money you know it was almost a relief to get shut down because instead of like a death of a thousand cuts it was like okay this is the day we you know lay our swords down as the nation starts to emerge from the pandemic there are lots of new things happening for bruner yang his restaurant maketo is once again welcoming guests for dine-in services and he opened a noodle and dumpling shop 
called Yoko and Kota at the Roost Food Hall in Washington, D.C.'s Capitol Hill neighborhood. His food is also available at Foxtrot, a new boutique corner store in D.C. And it has also brought some changes. In January, Bruner Yang announced that he would be leaving his partnership with the Line Hotel in D.C., which housed his award-winning restaurants, Brothers and Sisters, and Spoken English. While business is slowly returning to something like normal, Bruner Yang remains focused on remembering the realities made visible by the pandemic. Truths like the challenge of making a living on minimum wage, something that millions of Americans in the hospitality industry deal with every day. You know, the cost of living in New York, the cost of living in Washington, D.C., you know, even if we were paying everybody 25 bucks an hour, you're still probably going to be living on the margins, right? The The issue is not necessarily the hourly wage. The systems that are broken are all the other things that we need to, that everyone needs to step up to make life just easier for everybody from you shouldn't be, you know, sick at the hospital wondering how much it's going to cost you to get a ventilator. Because if you happen to survive COVID-19 when you're sick, you're not going to survive the cost of it when that bill hits your house. Those are big systematic problems. So I think like school, healthcare, transportation, food, all of those things, you know, make the cost of living in the United States so high, especially in major city markets where, you know, if you're making, you know, like I said, 25 bucks an hour, you're still going to be possibly living on the margins. And so I think there's just a lot of stuff to unpack. But, you know, I think I hope that we all find new ways to live and to do better. Hello, Ad Passion and Stir listeners. It's Billy Shore here. I'm coming to you today to ask for a favor. Share Our Strength launched Ad Passion and Stir in 2016 to promote conversations about food, justice, and society. In over more than 200 episodes, I've had the privilege of talking to some amazing people like Jeff Bridges, Pink, Anthony Anderson, Carol King, Ariana Huffington, and we've also talked to many of the most amazing chefs in this country. Daniel Hume, Mary Sue Milliken, Tanya Holland, Douglas Williams, and countless more. We're working on some exciting changes now to add passion and stir, and we want to hear from you about what you love about the podcast, what you want more of, and what you might change. You can find the survey at addpassionandstir.com. Just click the podcast survey button at the top of the page. Please share your feedback, and thank you for helping to make this podcast great. Now let's get back to the episode. When the pandemic shut everything down, Bruner Yang looked at what he could do to help. In response, he started the Power of 10 initiative, which addressed two critical challenges caused by COVID-19, loss of jobs and access to food. The initiative was built around the simple idea that for $10,000 a week, a restaurant could retain 10 full-time employees and donate 1,000 meals to its community. So the, the, the seed of the idea of Power of 10 initiative really started from just internal planning on what we needed to do on a weekly basis moving forward in our new normal for my, my businesses to stay viable. And the same kind of numbers kept popping up that if we produced $10,000 a week in sales, we'd be able to sustain 10 full-time jobs. And to do that, we would need to sell 1,000 dinners. Um, and, you know, that was kind of like we were doing the math for Maketo. We were doing the math for ABC Pony. And I was driving home one day, and this is probably around like March 16, March 17. And, you know, since 2007, 
I've opened about maybe six businesses on H Street, some for other people, some for myself, right? And I was just so used to the H Street corridor on a Friday, Saturday night, just being super packed, super vibrant, full of people going out, having a good time, all the restaurants filled, you know, parents and kids at the farmer's market on the weekend riding their bikes. And, you know, the streets now are just empty, which they should be, but they're just empty, right? And um, it was just, you know, I spent the last 15 years of my life, you know, working and building up this neighborhood that I live in. And, you know, when this passes, that could all be gone. And so the, the number 10 kept popping up in different increments. And that's where the idea of the power of 10 came, where it's just like, let's use my resources, my community, my leverage, and turn it into whatever we can turn it into. It can be, if it ends up just being small, great. If it gets momentum and continues to build, great. But, you know, over the last few years, I've intentionally kept a lower profile as my, you know, as I want to be able to make sure I can have, spend more time with my family. But I have a whole phone of people I can call who know me that I can use to help others. And so then the power of 10 came into full fruition. And it's essentially a very simple platform that $10,000 a week in donations can sustain or supplement 10 full-time jobs um, and create a thousand free meals in any community in America. I think that's what's so great about it is that that math works in any city, any state, any any area in the U.S. that if you have a problem, if you give a local restaurant there, an independent operator, $10,000 a week, they can keep 10 full-time jobs and create a 1,000 meals in exchange. So a, a, a trade for aid, essentially. And, and are, these meals, are these meals that are going not to uh, necessarily to kind of restaurant customers, but to um, others who need them, whether they're healthcare workers or right. uh, food pantries? Yep, exactly. So at this point, um, so we launched on March 26. We we used all the money to stand up a restaurant in my neighborhood, Kane. Um, to this week alone, they will receive their fourth check. So from week to date, Kane has received forty thousand dollars from the power of ten. That's fast. You know, at this point, that's more than probably ninety percent or ninety five percent of any restaurant in America that's tried to receive any aid from a state or a federal government. Um, and so over the course of the last four weeks, they've received $10,000, they've produced a thousand meals and they were able to, now they have 10 full-time jobs, um, wow. in their restaurant. And I think and, like, that's huge. And where's the money coming from? Just from donors, individual donors or. The, yeah. The so 40,000, every, every dollar that we've raised on our individual contributions platform, um, which is power of 10 initiative.com where you can essentially buy a $10 meal for someone to cook for someone else um, has been going towards the cane and all their food is going to Washington hospital center. Um, our raise to date um, uh, is about 200,000. Wow. So, and are, are you, you said this could, the math works in any community in America. Are you focused mostly on DC and have others uh, come to you to try to replicate this where they are? Yeah. So uh, on um Today is the first day that we start serving um, meals through the Power of 10 initiative in Los Angeles. Um, And last week, um, a group in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, from a restaurant group called Burke Hospitality, they took our kind of, I've always called it an open source idea, 
they kind of took the power of 10 concept and launched in their own city. They got a grant. They used our um, concept and pitched it to their local government. And they got a grant from their local government to feed out of work restaurant workers. And then they called us and we helped them build their own website called power of 10 um, Charlotte.com. And now they're up and running in Charlotte as well. So, you know, it's slowly starting to build national um, momentum in DC. We now have five restaurants on board and to be transparent, two of them are mine, um, but we have five restaurants on board and um, you know, we just want to just um, do something, you know, and I think it's um, super necessary for small independent operators. Like we have to, in our own sense, whether we do it through a charity foundation like this, but we kind of have to unionize in some sense um, and just look out for each other. To date, Power of 10 Initiative has served more than 320,000 meals and distributed more than $1.7 million to over 65 restaurants. The initiative has expanded to other cities, including New York and Chicago, and has partnered with nonprofits, including Share Our Strength's No Kid Hungry campaign, to tackle food insecurity during the pandemic. Bruno Yang intends to keep the Power of 10 going because food insecurity remains an issue for so many in our country. I think for me right now, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And like we mentioned earlier, this need has existed long before this has happened. And I think it just was like a, a wake up call for me. I think I've always kind of been waiting in the waters of being a public servant um, and, you know, kind of just finally jumping into it. Um, it is not far from how I've always kind of viewed things and really just now just saying, I think for me, I could lose every single restaurant and be one of those people that is just lucky enough to have the opportunities that they would, other opportunities would come in its place. But I think that pain of it, I don't know if I would want, want that, but what I am really taking passion in is that, Everything that I've learned for the last 20 years being uh, in the restaurant industry is the real joy of it is just making people happy, right? And now just using that to just bring some joy to people in whatever form it is, is really amazing. To learn more about how the Power of 10 Initiative is still working to fight food insecurity today, visit powerof10initiative.com. And for our full conversation with Eric Bruner-Yang and other episodes of Ad Passion and Stir, visit adpassionandstir.com. Thanks so much for listening. On behalf of the entire team at Share Our Strength and our No Kid Hungry campaign and our producers at District Productive, you've been listening to Ad Passion and Stir, and you can go to adpassionandstir.com and find all of our episodes and rate them, rank them, subscribe, and share with others. I'm Billy Shore.